The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus back with you recording on a Saturday as Los Angeles Clippers coming off a loss to the Utah Jazz 106 to 100. Chat about that game and all the games from the week with Chris Merch. He'll join us shortly as the Clippers stand currently at four and two, second in the Pacific Division. Looked good early on in the season, knocking off the Lakers and the Nuggets. And that's when we left you. Remember, we had Joey Lynn on the podcast, and we talked about that game against the Mavericks. And we said that would be a game that kind of showed us whether the Clippers have taken the next step or if they're the same team as last year. And what did the Clippers do? They went out and just were miserable. 124-73, losing by 50 to the Mavs in a game that Kawhi did not play. But they were just bad. But then rebounded against the T-Wolves, won by 23 in that game. And then one by 23 again against the Blazers. So you would have thought, okay, the ship has been righted. Then, of course, last night, the Clippers lose to the Jazz 106 to 100. Not a great loss. But that being said, actually pretty encouraged with that loss because the Clippers didn't play terribly. They looked bad, obviously, early on, didn't close quarters well outscored by 12 in the first, and then in the third quarter got outscored by 10. But the team from last year, I think, quits and just gets blown out in that game. But the Clippers made it as close as a two-point game before things got really interesting, and then Utah just made shots. I mean, Mike Conley is a Clipper destroyer. He was unbelievable. You're not going to see a performance like this from Conley all year. 11 of 20 from the field, 7 threes, 33 points, 7 assists. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. So I think you chalk that one up to the Clippers just being bad from the field and just not making shots. A lot of open shots did not go in. PG did not shoot the ball well at all. Six for 22 in that game, five of 13 from deep. He was great defensively with six steals, but I think you just chalk that one up to Utah making everything and the Clippers not making anything. Unlike the loss earlier, to Dallas, in which the Clippers couldn't make a shot, but also they just did not look good at all. So I think there are some encouraging signs for the Clippers before they take on the Suns tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see how they do against Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Mikal Bridges, and the rest of the crew, as Phoenix is 5-1, so they are very good. They've won four in a row. It'll certainly be interesting to see how they come out in that game. Before we get to Chris, got to pause the show for an announcement. It's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everyone loves free stuff. What is the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season, our founder, Aaron Brewski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. Exclusive content cannot find anywhere else. Not on the website, not in any podcast, not on social media. It's only going straight to your inbox. You can sign up. To get it for free, just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021 and sign up in 20 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y, slash bruiseletter, B-R-E-W-S, letter 2021. Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox. Enjoy. And of course, at Hoopall, one of the best things we've got going right now is the fancy pass. Fancy draft season's over, but you need to figure out a way 
to manage the waiver wire and win your league. You drafted a good team thanks to the Brewski 150, but you need to figure out a way to get yourself through the season and across the finish line. The best deal in the industry right now, $4.99 per month. And now that we're in the regular season, zero commitment. Sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it, but it's always nice to have that option. Fantasy Pass is everything you'll need to dominate all year. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts in case you want to add and drop guys. Let's say you want a four-game week versus, or rather a four-game week versus a three-game week. We can show you how many games each team has that you having to go through every schedule. Pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, my favorite actually, the HoopBall Discord server. Just like Slack, you can hang out with HoopBall pros around the clock, get one-on-one help with your team. A tremendous thing, of course, is the tweet storms that Dan does and Adam King does. Those are in the Discord. They tell you every single game, who are the top guys you want to target off the waiver wire, who are the guys to buy low, who are the guys to sell low. Do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. All right, let's go ahead. Let's talk some Clippers basketball with Chris. Happy to have this guy back. One of my favorites. Someone that knows basketball. He knows soccer. He knows it all. You can find him at this league net. He's a writer for 213 Hoops. Chris Merch at underscore Chris Merch is his Twitter handle. Chris, happy to have you back. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having me again, man. Hey, so this team, man, it's funny because I recorded with Joey Lynn last Saturday and we were talking about how we'll be able to know really if this team has taken the next step with how they perform in a 12:30 game the following day. So they go out and get their asses kicked, like absolutely kicked by more than right. 50 in that game. But then respond with two wins. And then comes yesterday's game where they face Mike Conley, who's frankly just unbelievable. And there's nothing you really you could do about that because mm-hmm. he just doesn't miss. And they couldn't make a shot at all. So I'm curious to get your take. In the first six games, four and two, encouraged or discouraged very encouraged um i mean i go into every jazz game thinking they're gonna lose the jazz always seem to beat us even in the lob city era mm-hmm. uh, where they of course they lost that infamous seven game playoff series so and it's it doesn't matter if it's mike conley Derek favors jordan clarkson donnie mitchell Bojan bogdanovich someone's gonna go off against the clippers when they're playing the jazz someone maybe we don't even expect so go into every jazz game anticipating a loss I, what was encouraging really as a whole in the season but plus last night is last year i think in that game they roll over lose by 15 plus this year they really showed some fight got it back within one point in in either of the halves um right and, and really showed some grit to try to win that game. I think Ty Lue has an effect on that. I think the kind of the offense of rhythm, which I find very encouraging, uh, has something to do with that. And, you know, obviously his rotations have been uh, a lot better than Doc's were with, you know, plugging in Serge Ibaka as well helps. Um, so the, the, the defense has been encouraging besides the Mavericks game and, the flow's been good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm happy and content with four and two. Rough start schedule-wise as well. I mean, we're playing some some top, top teams besides the Timberwolves. So it's, yeah. you know, the Jazz are going to be there. They're going to be there in the playoffs. Second, you know, first, second round team, no matter what, every year. So, um, and for us to, you know, only lose that game by six when we were down double figures in both halves, it's fine. Yeah, it's exactly what I said in the intro, that this is a team that if it was last year's team, they probably get their ass kicked and, and again in that game yesterday. But yeah. to see them battle back and not give up was really promising. I mean, it really was. And it was odd to see 
Patrick Beverly not play a lot in certain stretches. And I don't know if you saw his plus minus from that game, but he was a plus 21 in a game that they won or a game that they lost by six. So Mm -hmm. it just, again, reaffirms that despite everyone thinking that PG, Kawhi, all those guys, and and all the scorers are the ones that are most important. Sure, those Mm -hmm. guys are important, but Pat Beverly's right up there, man. And just his ability to get stops defensively, and he does everything to help the defense, plus great three-point shooter, and just someone that, when he's not fouling, is huge for that team. So it was weird to see that. I think that was the one mistake that Ty Lue may have made yesterday. I'm not sure if there was a brief injury or something that prompted him to sit for as long as he did, um, or he just wanted to get the offense. And I think that's one thing that Doc did that was wrong last year, is that just when you're losing by 10 or whatever it is, that doesn't mean go throw Lou and Trez out there and just mm-hmm. hope that they can get you back into the game because you need to get stops, and then those will lead to offense. So that was the only thing that was weird from yesterday. But just like you, I'm encouraged. I thought the schedule was really brutal to start. And again, like you said, this is a team that lays down last year in that spot. And to be where they are now is frankly really encouraging. And one guy that's kind of stood out that I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of was Nick Batum. Yeah, it's weird, man, because he's someone that's getting older. He's always been known as someone that can contribute all over the place, but definitely something I wasn't expecting. What's your take on what you've seen from Batum? No, I mean, my my thought process when we signed Batum was, okay, he'll probably be unplayable by January mm-hmm. that, that quick or, or, you know, maybe February to where because he's he's older, slower. Uh, always injury prone. So, I mean, and we'll see about that so far, but what he's provided the Clippers so far, which is great is spacing. He can, he can still knock down a jump shot, but he's also like at the top of the key working the offense. He will sometimes even bring the ball up past half court and, you know, get the the team into uh, their sets. And he's always fluid in his movement, very high IQ player as well that can get to the short corner that can get to the rim cuts well. Um, so in this, in this sort of more fluid, less ISO offense that Ty Lue has this team running, he's kind of the perfect cog. Um, and it's really cool to kind of see a, a, a you know mini career resurgence so far from him, and he's been very valuable and playing a lot of minutes as well. You know, on his thirty-plus-year-old body, we'll see how that continues throughout the year, and obviously, we'll see when when Marcus Morris is back. Frankly, right now, I mean, I'm kind of on the the side of I'm not sure if Marcus Morris is worth the money if he really does improve this team as as much as his contract states or or he's paid I'm kind of like Robert Flom is always like eh Mook I'm not sure yeah um shout out to Rob but I and I'm kind of in that way too obviously you have to start him the way we're the way we're paying him and I think Nick Batum will actually benefit that second unit even more as well especially playing with with Lou and zoo um but so far what he's provided the starting lineup and, and pr- pretty much any lineup he's been inserted into has been awesome to see and i hope he i hope he can stay healthy yeah M- marcus morse is a guy that I- i'm on team he should maybe come off the bench because i'm not sure batum is as valuable um off the bench as he is starting i just worry that when he doesn't have the talent of paul george and Kawhi and ibaka around him that maybe doesn't thrive um, but that's something that they can kind of test and see that that's why the regular season's a thing, you know, just try that mm-hmm. out, see what works. You mentioned Batum. It's funny because everyone forgets how bad he was. I think last year, I mean, he averaged three and a half points. He was not good. He played 23 minutes per game, 22 games, three starts with short with Charlotte. He just wasn't good at all. He shot 34 and a half percent. 
I mean, that is the worst percentage he's ever had in his career. Yeah, so bad. you wondered, <laughs> yeah, like, was he done? And the Clippers go and sign him. He's averaging now close to eight points per game, six and a half rebounds. And if you look at that rebound total, I know it's early. He hasn't had that many rebounds since 2013-14. And that's when he averaged seven and a half. And he hasn't had a higher total apart from that than the six and a half this year. So he's rebounding mm-hmm. at the second highest clip that he's had an entire career, which is incredible and just shows you how good he has been. And he fits in perfectly with this team. He spreads the floor. And how many times have we gone through this where the Clippers go and they sign a guy like Wesley Johnson, someone that's going to be a three and D they, they just continually yeah. do this. They go and, and they sign, um, Ryan Gomes, they signed, even back to the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ryan Gomes. I mean, I'm trying to think yeah. of the, the analysts on ESPN that they, uh, of course, Paul Pierce, but there's another one that they have. Karan Butler. Um, yeah, Karan Butler's another one. Danny Granger. Yeah, yeah there's like three and D guy. It's, it's, it seems like every single year they're trying to find that next best guy that is an over-the-hill type player that they're mm-hmm. hoping will contribute three and D. But so far, they've actually found that with Nick Batum and it helps them so much because it takes the pressure off of guys like Kawhi and PG because he spreads the floor. He does some of the dirty work defensively. He rebounds the basketball. It's just been a revelation. Yeah. I'm really happy with his performance so far. Like I said, you know, his health is, is so imperative Mm -hmm. to his performance. Obviously I feel like once he gets even a minor knock, he'll be out two weeks minimum. Right. It's just kind of the way he's built. And he's like kind of a stiff guy. Like you get, he's not like the most fluid mover, but on the court, the way he can really like get open when people are are driving the way he can like kind of rotate out to the other corner and like be open for that three. It's been awesome, especially since we've now seen, I said like a little bit more kind of motion offense from the Clippers, less ISO ball. And we've seen more of a willingness of Paul George to, to pass the ball last year. Kawhi Leonard definitely elevated his playmaking and passing And this year so far. It's been um, about level, but it's really cool to see Paul George passing the ball. And it's cool to see even a guy like Luke Kennard, who frankly is, is struggling offensively compared to what he was in Detroit, but he, he's also someone that can find the open shooter find the open cutter, pass the ball. Obviously, a Pat who can pass as well. And it just seems like everyone's like working together a little bit more, whereas last year it would be Kawhi or PG on the wing, top of the key, or Lou. ISO, maybe one pick and roll, offense done, get a bad shot. Where this year I feel like we're getting more at the rim. Surge is someone that can hit a 15-footer, obviously. Um, he's been fantastic so far. Um, yeah, I'm just really, I'm really liking kind of the, the vision of all of these players and, and how they're, they're working together. I think the biggest takeaway so far is that the offense is just so much better than it was last year. I mean, mm-hmm. leaps and bounds better. Everyone's sharing the basketball. They figured out how they can, I, I mentioned this last podcast where they kind of are playing the Houston style of ball where they're going threes and then shots in the key. Like it really seems like that's what they're focusing on and they're getting good looks. They're not going for long jump shots because that's one of the worst shots in basketball, a 20-footer, when you're right there mm-hmm. at the three-point line. It, it's an, something that, that Ty Lue has figured out with the ability to move the ball, find where the good shots are. And like you said, I mean, everybody has figured out a way to distribute, and that's one thing that Nick Batum does is he is a good passer. So you add him with that group, like Kawhi, who has become great, and then you have mm-hmm. PG, and you have Patrick Beverly, a lot of guys on the floor. And also, I mean, it, we can't forget about how much Ibaka has meant to this team because before the season, I, I was worried that Ibaka would 
hurt Zoo in the fact that Zoo would play few minutes. Zoo was the guy that was huge defensively. But I think what we were kind of forgetting is that Ibaka and Trez are just so different. And the ability that Ibaka has to step out and shoot the three just helps the offense so much more than it would if a guy like Trez, for example, is eating those minutes. Yeah, I, I tweeted uh, during the Lakers game, the very first game, I go, I just saw Serge Ibaka do about five different things in the first quarter that I never saw Trez do. Mm-hmm. Um, can stretch the floor, willing defender of multiple positions, even if he switches on to a three, a two, he, he's there, he's quick, he's agile, he's ready to go. Uh, willing rebounder, will get up in people's faces, whereas Trez was a little bit, um, you know, just kind of a lazier defender as a whole. Um, still one of my favorite Clippers to ever see, like kind of mature within our system, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of limitations to his game that were hidden until it mattered, obviously late in the season and in the, in, in the bubble. Um, so where, where, you know, Trez had limitations, Surge has, for, you know, no pun intended, like surged kind of up upwards in, in that center position for us. And I, I was worried too initially that, um, bringing Serge in would help and stunt Zoo's um, just kind of kind of game. You know, he's still he's still young. He still needs those minutes. But Ty Lue has done a great job of managing those two, and, and you know, sort of playing them almost like equal minutes. And you see, Zoo Zoo is is averaging over double figures um, scoring wise because I think he has the passing of Lou in that second unit. And then, he, and then some of the first unit players will come in, keep feeding him. He's you know, I, I think he. I don't want to say taking a step back because it's all, it's only been six games. The defense, like he got kind of cooked by Derek Favors last night, but like Derek Favors always cooks us. But, you know, maybe he's not quite used to some of like the second unit energy that is brought by some teams where usually they actually have a smaller guy um, on the floor as opposed to their big um, in the first unit. So maybe he has to adjust to that and get some quicker feet. The thing about Zoo is I have no worries about what we're going to get from him ever. He's He's going to give us eight to ten six to eight every every single night so and and i'm so happy with that as long as his rim protection stays at where it's been throughout his career i think it will um you know it's a long season as well um surge is a bit older i can see you know abitza zubats in the starting lineup some games as well and just uh, the thing about that i like about tyloo is that he's not scared Mm -hmm. of these players where i think doc rivers frankly was um so he will make changes that that need to be made but right now the center rotation has been Really good. Would like to see Zoo kind of at the level that he was defensively a bit last year. Again, early, and he hasn't been bad, frankly. So, yeah, I'm just being uh, being nitpicky and tough on Zoo. No, for sure. And with a guy that everybody on Clippers Twitter was clamoring for to play, and he's got to continue to prove that, you know? I mean, the, the guy was very good when he was on the floor throughout the playoffs as plus minus. I mean, all those numbers show that the Clippers were better with him on the floor. And I think yesterday was just an anomaly. You're not going to see it very often. He played 14 minutes while Ibaka played 34. That's just not mm-hmm. something that's been happening yeah, throughout this entire season. It just he he wasn't great. I, I think he has had trouble at times handling the ball, which is weird because mm-hmm. he did show just a huge improvement last year with his hands and his ability to catch passes. But sometimes you'll see him drop passes that are that are coming to him and. It just it adds up, and there was a play yesterday. I remember that Zoo dropped the ball, and it just was a microcosm of how kind of the game was going, and that he wasn't able yeah. to collect it. So I think that's something that you can easily correct over time. And I think the Clippers right now just have a good foundation. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. Guys are buying in. Everyone knows their role, 
And that's something that the Lakers had so much of last year was everyone knew their role. And it didn't matter who the players were. Sure, the Clippers may look like they have a better bench because they have guys like Lou and Trez. You go up and down. The Clippers just seem to have scores coming off the bench. May not look like that for the Clippers, but everyone does seem to have a role. One guy that I kind of do want to talk about, and you mentioned him earlier, is Luke Kennard. I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure why the Clippers gave him the contract they did. Um, four years, 64 is a lot. And my question is, who are you bidding against? Because when you pay someone that amount of money, you mm-hmm. should be contributing a lot on the offensive end and the defensive end. And for me, I don't get that type of confidence in Luke Kennard at the moment. That being said, this is a guy that had injuries last year. He hasn't played a ton of basketball over the last year and a half. He is mm-hmm. a sniper from three. He showed glimpses, but just seems like a lot of money for someone that seems like a role player. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's sort of got like the Mook deal, right? It's um, Luke Kennard. I'm, I'm still high on again. This guy didn't play basketball for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, six games into the season, averaging, you know, seven and a half points a game, whereas opposed to last year, he's averaging like 14. His sh- he hasn't been shooting as well, right? He hasn't been, he's been a tad turnover prone and like, you're right, the, the defense isn't all the way there, but that's not really, we knew that kind of going in. Yeah. It was a lot of money. I'm not sure you're right. I don't know who they were bidding against, frankly, but I think we're going to see some some Luke Kennard games. I think he's going to have like, you know, a few, few 20, 25 point games and, and be really effective where I like his game a lot, especially as, you know, a, sort of a role player, but mostly off the bench guy is his vision, creativity, ability to get in the lane, hit a floater, ability to hit the outside shot. I think him and Lou are going to be a, a pretty dynamic sort of guard pairing in second units. I think his size gives people issues as well, especially if there's a smaller defender on him. I don't know. I'm still a believer in his play. I know you mentioned Joey Lynn. He loves him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason to fret about his play so far i would like to see that jumper going a little bit more i would also like to see him be more selfish i feel like he's almost making like one extra pass and he needs to make we want him shooting and i think Ty Lu even said this in a press conference like you, luke Kennard is effective more so as a scorer than he is a passer he can pass he's got good vision sure but he needs to be firing the ball up and i think you know, we need to have a more of a barometer on him in like 25 games as opposed to even 10 games at the beginning of the season because coming off an injury, coming off such a long stagnant period, you can shoot a million jumpers a day in, in the gym, but in a game, it's it's going to be completely different. So I, I still have faith in him. Again, the contract was a little weird, sure. Um, but, I mean, the Clippers are the kings of giving people weird contracts and making weird draft picks. So, I mean, it's something that I'm, I'm pretty used to at this point. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think we're going to have a full grasp of what this team can do as long as Marcus Morris is on the sidelines. And once Morris comes yeah. back, I think it will change the team. And it's interesting because you brought up Marcus Morris in terms of the contract. The one thing about Marcus is that he has the ability to go and score 35 in a given night. We saw that with the Knicks that he can kind of take over. And then the playoffs, mm-hmm. we saw the ability that he, PG, and Kawhi have to just continually switch. And that's one thing that does really help defensively is his ability to switch. With Kennard, I just am not entirely sure. He's still really young. So there is some room to grow for sure. And the injury history is a little concerning. But yes, there is room to grow. I just wonder if Kennard can be that guy that you can rely on in the playoffs 
to get those buckets. Because there were times with Detroit where he would go and hit six or seven threes in a game. So I'm just mm-hmm. waiting to see if that does happen. Uh, because it was a lot of money. I, I don't know. And I, I know they had to figure out the whole contract situation to see mm-hmm. if they wanted to do the long-term deal. I don't know, man. It, it's just something that doesn't sit right with me. I'm hoping to be proved wrong. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't Same. know. I was, I was in group chats being like, I like the, I like the deal. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't mind them them paying it because I think what Luke Kennard here's here's the thing that I've had to think about as he's been struggling is it was a like for like near swap deal. Of course, Kennard's more expensive than than Landry Shamit, but and I love Landry, but with Luke Kennard, you get a few more things than you did with Landry Shamit. You get someone who's a better finisher at the rim, a better mid range jumper, at pretty much I guess the same three point shooting level. Um, but someone who can really work within an offense as an on-ball threat. Um, again, we haven't quite seen that yet. We've we've we know he's a good shooter. We know he can he can he has the vision. We know he can create. We're not seeing it quite yet. I think it's still coming. Um, I hope it's still coming again. Yeah, I was I was saying to my friends like I believe in him. I think that was a good move for them. Um, and I'm I'm still there. I mean, there's there's not even a, a really a lot of reasons to be discouraged with anyone's play at this point, just based on the way we are playing. Yeah. Luke Kennard is that kind of one disappointment thus far, and Fee Cabangeli as well. But like, eh. yeah. Um, so, but uh, I I still I'm on I'm on the Luke train. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of his. I think he is going to provide a lot of good shooting in in tough situations for this team um, especially once he gets more more game reps as well let's take a quick break from this podcast with chris to talk about our friends over at my bookie ever since i started this podcast people have been asking me for betting tips i always get asked who you got lakers or clippers rogers or mahomes and i'll tell you what i tell them where you bet is just as important as who you are betting on that's why i tell people to bet with my bookie MyBookie's rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promos in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to be the best lines for the National Championship college football game on January 11th and on all the NFL playoff games as well, which are just around the corner. You know me. You know that I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And MyBookie is the best sportsbook out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. If you're someone that already knows what you want to bet on, go ahead. If you need a little bit of help, our guys over at HoopBall Gaming do a tremendous job of giving out their plays. Follow them when they do well. They do well most of the time. I promise you're going to want to ride those hot streaks. Those guys are just tremendous at what they do. Headed by Devin, does a great job with the Hoopball Gaming department at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. Of course, you head to hoop-ball.com. You can see what other things you could get from them. You can pay for a couple of extra, pay a couple extra bucks to get some tips. They just do a great job there. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Yeah, I love the trade when it happened. I was pumped when they got Kennard for Shaman. I'm like, oh, you get Kennard plus you get all these second rounders like that. It was a tremendous deal. I just didn't anticipate them going and then giving him $16 million a year. Yeah, as long as they can pay Kawhi in the summer, yeah, I, it, yeah that's all that matters. I, we don't necessarily need – I mean, we'll see in the, if we flame out of the playoffs again. It, 
crazy stuff might happen. But as far as like getting other free agents, I'm not worried about that. I want this team to win the title. And I think they have the talent too. I think they have the coaching, the personnel to do it. So as long as they can pay Kawhi in the summer, I don't care how much money anyone's making on a roster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as Ballmer's willing to pay the tax, which he is, then yeah. it really like, does, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like you're saying. And the one thing with this team is that you kind of just work around the edges. Like you take out a Trez, you take out a Jamichael Green, you bring it, you take out a Shamit, you bring in a Canard, you bring in an Ibaka, and you just see in a Batum, and you kind of just work with those role players, and you see what role players can kind of work with the group yeah. of stars. And, and that's that's kind of what the key is, is figuring out which of those role players will work. And it's funny you bring up Robert Flom, and he's been a guy that's always been, Jermichael Green can be that guy that Marcus Morris is. Like, there's no need to pay Marcus the money that he's getting when you can have Jermichael Green. And so you mm-hmm. just wonder with the whole Luke Kennard thing, could you have found someone that was cheaper and not had to pay as much? But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he is young. He has had injuries in the past and he is learning a new system. And hopefully that's something that he does continue to improve on as the season goes on. Cause th- that's the one thing the Clippers kind of do have the luxury of is that they have an entire regular season to figure it out, you know, cause yeah. they're, they're going to be there in the playoffs. It's just about figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that's the tough part is it, just going through the highs and lows because they're going to be there and you're going to have people that are going to be criticized because frankly it is the Clippers and people love looking at the Clippers yeah. and even people that are yeah. Lakers fans love looking at the Clippers and criticizing. So we'll see when you look at this team. I mean, we've discussed all the guys that are kind of the fringe dudes. I mean, Ibaka, Batum, Beverly, Zoo. When you look at Kawhi, you look at PG. I think we were all expecting a bounce back season from PG. And I think Kawhi last night showed what he's capable of. It seems like these guys really could be a 1A, 1B that carry this team. Have you seen anything so far that concerns you or more positives with the two of them? Um, You know, I, I think as a team, they go through cold shooting nights, but Paul George is more apt to have a cold shooting night, yeah. right? Six of 22 last night. Kawhi, Kawhi's kind of been cold shooting like so far this season, but he can still get his buckets no matter what, whether it's mid-range, whether it's at the rim. Um, nothing too concerning. I really like um, Paul George's playmaking so far this year. I think he's been a more willing passer. Um, I think he trusts his teammates a little bit more. Kawhi is, again, continuing to uh, be a good passer from where he was back in his Spurs and Toronto Raptor days. I like the defense they're providing. PG was six steals last night. Um, all of the things that I'm expecting from them are there and and working so far. The the two kind of like, you know, these these two losses that we've had, the Mavs one is a complete outlier. That'll never happen again. And then the Jazz last night, um, you know, in Salt Lake, a million miles above sea level, they don't shoot well, you know, coming off a, a, a hard game against the, the Trailblazers. So it's like, there's not really much yet to point to where I'm like, oh, I'm concerned right there because I think Paul George has, has really taken to this team, has put his trust in his teammates and in Ty Lue and really worked hard this offseason. I mean, he heard all the pandemic P jokes, right? And and so far he's, he's scoring well beside, and he's had, you know, two cold shooting nights, but who's not going to have those? If he has one cold shooting night every four games, I'm completely fine with that because I still know he'll get, you know, 20 to 25. He'll get, he'll play good defense. He'll get the six boards and he'll, uh, he'll really put the effort in. I know it's never been an effort thing with Paul George. I don't think, I think it's been a confidence thing. And so far this year, 
even in tough shooting nights like last night, he was still getting after it late in the game. He made some clutch threes in the fourth quarter back to back. So it's like he's he's there. He's he's putting in the work and he's kind of showing, I think, the Paul George or like a sort of Oklahoma City, Paul George, Indiana, Paul George a little bit more this season than definitely he was last season. And it's interesting because as bad as he was yesterday, he still led the team in scoring. So he's finding yeah. a way to figure it out. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at the game so far, four of the six, he's led the team in scoring. Two of the six, he's led the team in rebounding. And two of the six, he's led the team in assists. So it just shows you that he really is doing it all early on. And it's funny because we never really talk about Kawhi. It just seems like he's going to be there when you need him to be. And there really are no concerns about Kawhi. It's just a matter of can PG be the dude. And the Clippers have a really interesting stretch coming up. They play against Phoenix tomorrow, which I think will be a really tough game because Phoenix yeah. has been really good out of the gates. Then you face San Antonio, two against Golden State, Chicago, New Orleans, Sacramento, Indiana, Sacramento, OKC, OKC, Atlanta. Miami hasn't been all that great. Orlando, the Knicks. I mean, you don't really face a good team again until Brooklyn, which is February 2nd (laughs) on the road. I mean, what are the expectations for this team if you look at the next, let's say, 15 games or so? If I count them up really quickly, yeah, it's about 15 games. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule as well. Here's the thing about the Clippers, right? Is I never do this. I never allow myself to do this because how many times have we gone into a game thinking they'd win by 10 and then, and then they lose. They've always had letdowns against bad teams. Always. Mm -hmm. They, they do well against the top teams. They do decent against the middle teams and they suck against the, the, like the lower ranked teams, at least in years past. But so far this year against, you know, the, the Timberwolves, they destroyed them against the trailblazers, a mid tier team, you know, also destroyed them. So it's a, it's a good sign thus far um but I'm, i mean i'm taking a look at this at this schedule obviously phoenix is scary miami always plays as tough oklahoma city you know shea shea revenge game like yeah. i don't like projecting i like taking it game by game but what i will say is that i think where doc rivers would not have these team, the, like those clippers teams ready for those kind of lower tier teams i think tyloo will be like hey Everyone in this league's talented. Everyone can score. Everyone has one star on their team. Uh, you can't take a night off. You absolutely can't. Um, and and I think that that message uh, will go from top to bottom. I think Kawhi's, uh, you know, everything I've read and seen, he's been a better leader. He's been more gregarious. He's been uh, more vocal. So and and same with Paul George as well. So I don't think that they'll let their team, uh, this team, take a night off as well. We'll see about Kawhi's. Um, Load management, which we haven't really seen yet. Of course, he was hurt, so it was kind of forced upon him. But, um, I mean, I look at this schedule, and it could be plentiful or it could be painful. I'm hoping towards plentiful, and I think it will be. But, you know, there's always, like, those loose games against the – yeah, against the the Pacers, against the Kings, against – the Hawks who we like lost to last year, you know, you, you, you never, you never know really. Yeah. I think the one thing that's nice to see on the schedule is that there are no 1230 games. There's a one o'clock game against, <laughs> Chi- against Chicago and yeah. against Oklahoma city, but no 1230 games. Uh, so that that's at least a positive. And mm-hmm. I think if you look at the next 15, I'd like to see the Clippers go 11 and four at, at minimum. I, I sure. think that if you can go 11 and four, that would say a lot. I mean, that would look, 15 and six. I think that'd be a pretty good start through the first 21 games. And I think you're going to see Kawhi sit out probably when you look at the the fifth and the sixth this coming week, mm-hmm. San Antonio, Golden State. He'll probably sit out that game against Golden State. Um, 
the he'll question. sit out two of the next 15, I'll say. Maybe that, that back-to-back in Orlando as well. Yeah, yeah, he'll sit out for sure. That 28th, 29th Miami-Orlando, I'd be surprised if he um, played in that Orlando game. Most likely, I mean, if you're smart, you play him against the tougher teams. So play him mm-hmm. against Miami and not Orlando. Play him against Golden State or play him against San Antonio, not Golden State, although that Golden State game's an ESPN game. So I'm curious to see because of that new rule about these guys having to play Right. Um, but I think I think they got the Kawhi thing. The Clippers got an exemption already because of his knee. So probably, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, if that is a thing, and they do have that exemption still, then I think that he sits out that game. But eleven and four, man, I, I think that's exactly what I'm looking at. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a barometer of a of a good team is when you're ten games above five hundred at any point in the yeah. season, right? Obviously, you want to you want to be more, but um, and I always every year I want them to be thirty and ten after forty games. That's a very hard record. I'll take twenty five and fifteen. I'll take twenty seven thirteen. But um, I think with the with the talent that they possess right now, um, sort of an easier schedule going into um, kind of the dregs of winter. Um, we we could see that that record come to fruition. They just really have to keep their foot on the gas against bad teams. Yeah, because um, they do it against good teams, and they sometimes do it against middle tier teams. But um, they get lazy against the bad teams. But I think with this year and and how Tyloo's been coaching them so far, they won't. Yeah, we'll see how they come out tomorrow against Phoenix. Chris Merch at underscore Chris Merch on Twitter. Chris, what else do you want to promote, my friend? Um, I want to promote. Uh, everyone having a safe first half of 2021. Hopefully we all get vaccinated and the back half of 2021 is our, is our half year and we'll be coming off a Clippers championship. It's going to be great. Yeah. Partying in the streets, (laughs) man. I expect you to come back to LA and be at that parade because hopefully the Clippers are able to have a parade where everything is safe by the time the season ends, hopefully uh, around June or so, and we can have a parade. So Chris, always appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Another podcast, another great guest. A big thanks to Chris Merch for hopping on. Again, you can find his work at This League Net. Also, 213 Hoops. They do a tremendous job over there with Lucas and Robert. They just do an awesome job covering all things Clippers. So, shout out to them. The Clippers next up will take on Phoenix. Should be a really interesting game. Um, I don't know what to expect, frankly, because the Clippers do tend to play up to opponents, which is a good thing, already beating teams like the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Blazers. So we'll see how they do against Phoenix. Before we go, support for this Hoopball and Clippers podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? I mean, you've heard about me discuss this Manscaped stuff. I mean, all the products just are tremendous. You've heard me talk about the Lawnmower 3.0, the incredible trimmer that you can use for up. You want to use your beard, perhaps? You want to trim that beard, or perhaps you want to trim some hairs down below the waist? I know exactly what you're thinking. That might be a little strange. Well, once in a while, you might want to groom down there, and the perfect thing to do is the Lawnmower 3.0 with the perfect package. 3.0, all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including that lawnmower 3.0, of course, the ball deodorant and the toner to keep everything fresh and clean. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to keep everything nice and clean wherever you go, smelling good. That signature scent, that's all in Manscaped formulas. 
cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. It's time to feel good. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. All right, if you've made it this far, a big thank you. Please, if you can help this podcast grow, if you can rate and review the podcast, give it five stars, review it as well. We would greatly appreciate it. Everyone here at HoopBall working really hard, especially here with the HoopBall Clippers podcast. We want to continue to give you good product, and we can only do that with you, the listeners, just continuing to listen and support it. So a big thank you. We'll be back again next week. We'll talk about that game against Phoenix. Most likely recap the game against San Antonio and Golden State. Try and get you a podcast before that second Golden State game. If we do not, we'll be back again next Saturday and talk about that four games between Phoenix, San Antonio, and two games against Golden State. Big thank you to you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.